Welcome to Leaders and Learners. My name is Tanya McKenzie, and you can find me at the intersection of public relations and leadership. Join us as we talk to organizational leaders, elected officials, experts, authors, artists, and personalities sharing their stories, talking about how they got to where they are and how they continue to learn and lead the way. So without further ado, let's get into it. Welcome. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of Leaders and Learners. Today, we have another edition of South Bay Leaders and Learners. And we have someone here that you have the opportunity to get to know if you don't know him already, but you will definitely learn a little something. And after we're done with him, we're going to go on to a little update from one of our residents on the city council meeting last night and get your thoughts on that. Make sure you know housekeeping. You can comment, ask questions um, over on the comment section. And if we can, we will definitely answer them live. If we can't get an answer, we will bring that back to you. But without further ado, I wanted to bring you one of my favorite people. I was so excited when he joined um, RVPD and he is definitely an asset, not only to the department, but to our community. So Officer Kyle Lofstrom, how are you? I am doing so well. How are you? I'm excited to have you. I feel like it's been a minute. I know. Uh, it's I know. been a minute. It's been busy. As a matter of fact, I ran into Miss Dinah at the mall yesterday while I was running through there. Uh, and it just kind of took me back to when we I felt like we were all like a little team and we did all the things together. But all that being said, I'm thrilled. Yeah, I'm just thrilled to have you back. So tell me, what have you been up to? Like I have seen over the last year so many incredible <laughs> Instagram posts from you. They've kind of died off. I'd be missing you on Instagram a little bit, but what have you been up to? I haven't seen the pink hair. I don't know if that's coming or I missed it, but give us a little Kyle update. Uh, well, this year um, we we did some big things, kind of our normal. Uh, we, we obviously do a few big events uh, during the year for community engagement. So uh, at the beginning of the year, around March, we had our open house. Um, which is huge. Um, and then as the summer starts, we got into National Night Out, which is actually a nationwide community engagement phenomenon in law enforcement. Uh, and this is the first time we had like a major centralized event for it at the Redondo Beach Performing Arts Center. So that was cool. Um, it was a great turnout. Uh, and then I would say our two big things in the fall are our big Halloween movie night. Uh, and let it snow redondo. And that's the biggest one. I would say this fall is primarily what I've been up to is planning and organizing that. That usually is attended by about 2,200 people this year, 2,200 people, uh, where we bring in 40 tons of snow to the lagoon and we just uh, dance around and have fun like a big Christmas party. And it's just a way for people to have fun and experience something awesome in the holidays uh, provided by, you know, yours truly, the Redondo Police Department. Um, so this year, uh, and everything's free that we do. So this year it was really cool. Cause we actually had a patron come up and say, you know, cause I'm sure there's so many cool paid, paid events that you can do during the holidays. Um, but she was so thankful that we do something for free and she could bring her kids to something so fun and not have to worry about the cost of any kind. Um, the pink hair, uh, that was, uh, that was, that may be a one-time thing. Uh, that was, I, I don't know if I knew entirely what I was getting into with uh, dyed my hair fully pink. Uh, they had to bleach it first. 
my hair felt like uh, sawdust after that. Um, but who knows? I, I come up with all sorts of things. And as far as the Instagram goes, uh, we got I got some things on the brain. I try to dole it out a little bit slowly so people don't get too sick of me or or catch on uh, to me being a little bit smarmy in in the uh, comedically smarmy, I would say, in, in the effort to uh, you know get people to to comply with some of the little things uh, around here in Redondo as it pertains to safety and and quality of life. So uh, good year of events. Um, and just dreaming up more things we can do and get involved in. I, I'm almost sure you said you were changing the date and time of the open house in 2024. Is that true? Uh, so this past, normally it was done in October. So this past year, um, because we have so much going on in the fall in 2022 with Halloween movie night and let it snow redondo, uh, we decided that uh, instead of doing the open house in October, when we finally brought it back, we would do it in March. And that would kind of offset National Night Out because National Night Out typically is the first Tuesday in August. So in order to kind of balance, because they're somewhat similar in regards to learning about the police department and us kind of showing off everything that we do, um, we put it kind of on the opposite end of the year as, as the open house. So this year was the first year we've done it not in October and it was done, uh, in March, the first Sunday in March. So we intend to do it, uh, about the same time in 2024 and then continue with that general schedule as, as well as anything we, we dream up. I love that. Okay. Definitely. We'll be there. It's always a fun event. Uh, you learn so much. You get to play with some of the big toys that yes. the officers have. Yes. My favorite part. Um, I want to, I don't know if you were with the department at this point, but a couple of years back, I did a, I was on a panel with uh, Chief Kaufman and there was a, another lady on the panel with us. This was around the George Floyd thing happening, um, but it was our panel to, just to talk to our South Bay community. And one of the ladies was very upset about officers on campus. She was livid. Like she was just like, I don't want police officers on campus. I see how it gets and y'all treat my kids this way. Something happened recently where I'm sure there are many people now that are excited, thrilled, and feel thankful that officers are on campus. I have always loved having officers on campus. I played softball in high school. My coach was a police officer. He wasn't super nice, but at least I knew we were going to be safe. All that being said, talk to the people about what happened recently at Redondo Union. Also, if you know anything about ha what happened at El Segundo, because it kind of happened again in El Segundo, a friend of mine, um, her daughter was uh, on lockdown for three hours, if you could talk about that. But then Redondo Beach Police Department, what is your relationship with the school district, with Redondo Union, and with our community when things like this take place? So... I would say in regards to, you know, police officers being on campus, people, I think, just get kind of a, I don't know if it's from the movies or TV shows or something, people kind of get like a vibe of, of you know, we're standing there on guard or something like that. But the, the reason we have school resource officers and officers on campus is um, just to, to maintain a, a constant ongoing relationship uh, with the school district. Uh, and to maintain a high level of safety. So 
um, in regards to the incidents that happened at the high school with the the two days of, of a firearm being brought onto the campus. Um, both times, uh, not the first time the officers that were working that day are right there in the school administration because the school knows exactly who to call, when to call and how to call uh, for help if they need it. Um, and then the second day, because the presence was improved, we actually just had officers already there, which made both incidents come to a fairly expeditious, safe resolution. And um, that's really the, you know, you, you think about officers on campus, 99.9% .9 of the time, it's just a wave and a handshake and some friendly advice here and there. And, and then 0.01% of the time is, is uh, you know, a real safety issue. And because it is the way that we have it with this strong ongoing relationship and constant communication ends very safely and very quickly. Um, I do have to apologize. I actually just became privy to El Segundo, uh, something happening in El Segundo. And I haven't talked to anyone that, that has, has the DL on it entirely. So I still so have. So they were on lockdown um, right, last week I that they heard that. that there was a gun on campus. But right. the parents still, that's the other thing is the parents still don't have all the details. So they don't know whether to be worried or not. Right. And that's the big thing is, is um, the, the system is kind of in place for a reason. There's, there's the anonymous reporting system, which is how we got the information. And that's, that's actually part of the police department budget for the school to have. Um, and it worked like a charm, exactly like it's. Thanks, buddy. Sorry, I'm opening a snack. In uh, case y'all don't know, um, Officer Officer Kyle's also a dad, a pretty amazing one, by the way. Uh, they are being great, so I'm really not that upset that he just needed a snack opened. Uh, so, anywho, um, it actually it kind of worked beautifully in that sense. Is is here's this system in place to um, you know, notify who needs to know of things like that. So there can be rapid intervention and there was, and, and then when there is the investigation, it kicks off right there. And we start at the center and we work our way out. I think what you see a lot is, um, or at least what I experienced even was people reaching out and thinking to themselves like, Oh, Hey, I have this information, you know, and it's a text from a text, from a screenshot from a text of somebody saying what happened. And, you know, as the police department, we're not, we're not really allowed to just go right off of that rumor. We have yep. to start from the center and work our way out uh, in identifying all the information and all any and anyone or anything involved uh, and, and do a thorough in-depth investigation to, you know, not only bring resolution to the incident in and of itself, but resolution to, um, you know, the idea that some sometimes stuff happens no matter where you are, where you live, the nicest place uh, on earth and, and the not nicest place on earth stuff eventually happens everywhere. And, um, you know, I tried to explain to people to be very grateful that we have the resources that we do um, in place and uh, that led to the response that occurred. And unfortunately, I think in today's era of information, 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 instant gratification. You know, people want to know the entire story three minutes after it kicks off. And it's like, well, we have to, we have to learn it first. We have to investigate and learn and figure it out. 
And there's all sorts of legal red tape and hoops that we have to figure out. There's a lot more privacy when you're dealing with juveniles at school and uh, and you're working with two major entities in the police department and the school district, and both of them have to work together and coordinate from start to finish. Um, so Talk to me I, a little bit more about that relationship between the school district, the school itself, and our police department. So thankfully, it's it's been it's it great, and it always has been great. Um, the that we have two full time school resource officers. Uh, and our office happens to be basically on campus. Um, if you've ever, you've been to our, you know, our secondary annex building of our police department is, sits right there on the school parking lot next to the auditorium. Um, and they attend meetings, they are in constant contact with staff, they regularly uh, patrol the campuses, uh, high school and all the other campuses in the city. And, uh, you can walk into any school basically and in a, in a Redondo beach police uniform and they'll say, Hey, how's Jenna and Rex? Cause everyone knows that Jenna and Rex are the school resource officers and they have uh, you know, they exchange their cell phones with, with school administration and school staff. And so they're able to be uh, reached out to, and then they, they kind of guide uh, anytime there's a safety concern of, of any kind that, that relates or would or could relate to the police department responding, they kind of act as a liaison and a guide uh, to that uh, to that situation and, and any situations that occur in the future. Now, what if it was something that had happened on the junior high school campus? Uh, it's it's the same idea. So they they all the school admin uh, across uh, all of Redondo Unified. Uh, it has a relationship with with Officer Wolfinger and Officer Yap. That's Jenna and Rex, uh, and they meet there regularly. Um, they attend school board meetings. They attend safety meetings, and so it's a simple. And they know to call. You know, for anything emergent, um, obviously, everyone calls nine one one. That's that's the basis that everyone knows. Uh, but they know how to get a hold of our non-emergency dispatch. And then usually immediately following that call is a call to directly to the cell phones of our school resource officers. Uh, and they work Monday through Friday uh, during school hours. Um, and typically, you know, barring somebody getting sick or vacation or what have you, they're, they're available and accessible to be a continuous relationship. So it's not a new officer that doesn't understand responding at a different time because it's a different day and a different shift and a different beat. Um, you have two people that are, that are in the know throughout the school year. Kyle. Um, and for those of you that don't know, I'm a LA County commissioner of alcohol and other drugs. I want to read this to you. Uh, we went over this in our last commission meeting. It says 49 million Americans reported substance use and abuse disorder in 2022. Nearly 49 million people in the U.S. ages 12 and older, more than one in six, reported a substance use disorder, so substance abuse. Can you talk to me about not only the weapons issue, but also the alcohol and drug use issue, particularly with our young people here in the South Bay, in Redondo Beach? What are your thoughts on it? And what is happening preventive, preventatively? Because I know for a fact that 
our police department really does not want to always be reactive to everything. We really want to be proactive. So even with those statistics, the things that seem to be popping up now at our schools, what are your thoughts? Has the department talked more about preventative um, ways that we can work as a department and a community? Well, this is a, this is a tough subject. Um, obviously there's, don't spill. Um, there's a lot to it. There's a whole science behind addiction and alcoholism. Um, you know, that's, it's a bit of a personal touch for me. I had, a, I had a sister who was, uh, addict alcoholic and, you know, she eventually was homeless and passed away. And, um, I think, you know, from, from a personal perspective, uh, it's really hard because, you know, I, uh, my parents, I love my parents. They're the greatest in the world. And then if you ask them, you know, what they were doing in high school, you know, they'd tell you they were probably smoking a doobie or, or <laughs> drinking a little bit. And, and it's, it's scary. And I think generally speaking, um, you know, the world, especially where we live has become more abundant, uh, for, for these kids. Um, and you know, when I, when I was growing up, and in my house, uh, you know, generally my mom was pretty frugal and my dad, you know, we had one TV, but then eventually as, as he went on and, and we kind of, uh, you know, built up, you know, I would say generally my dad made smart financial decisions and, and I could feel our family becoming a little more affluent as the years went on. Um, and then I think about, you know, a family these days just starting at that level that, you know, we didn't get to until I was graduating high school. I didn't, uh, I didn't have access or really or anything. And, and, uh, generally speaking, I think a lot more of the kids in this area are experiencing a level of abundance that, uh, that maybe they didn't have before. And I think that plays huge into technology and information. So that abundance comes from cell phones, wealth, wealths and wealths of information, you know, passing through their brains via these cell phones that they're getting at a pretty young age, um, including, you know, TV shows and, and movies have, I mean, there's always been scary movies and, and rated R movies, but it, it kind of goes, if anything, it's only gotten a little more in depth and exposing uh, to that sort of thing. So I think just <clears throat> big picture wise from the police department, uh, education is huge. Um, you know, being involved in the school, uh, making appearances in the classrooms when they have those, uh, you know, the red ribbon week and everything and, and say no to drugs. And it's hard because I, you know, we've all been there. I taste my, my dad's like a saint and he's like, well, yeah, I tried smoking once in high school. And you, and you think like, that's the great, the greatest man ever. And he still tried it. Like it's hard to, they're becoming adults. And, and for me personally, when I'm dealing with these students, I'm just like, just please be careful. It's like anything else. It's just like anything else. You just got to be careful when you're driving, you have to be careful. And, and, you it's it's a matter of getting to the destination of a mature brain and mm. maturing and developing uh before you kind of get caught up 
And, you know, I used to drive like a high schooler would drive when I was a teenager. And now I drive the speed limit and everybody that drives around me hates me for it. Uh, so I appreciate you for it. Thank you. Um, but I also think the transition from, you know, heavy enforcement in that aspect, Mm -hmm. uh, of, of, you know, days past where it was, you know, okay, you're getting, you know, this, you know, some kid would bring marijuana to school and it was right to call an officer and, and booking them on a misdemeanor offense. And now it's like, Oh, Hey, why, why are you using, what can we do? What kind of resources are there to help you? Um, I think my biggest concern deal with it. The part that breaks my heart the most is even when your dad, the greatest man on earth was doing those things. And I lost my mom to substance abuse, but even then they were doing it recreationally and maybe addiction came after recreation. And it feels like these days kids are using it to mask. Right. And that's that's where it gets really scary. That's the big key is that, that, dopamine addiction, you know, cause it generally comes down to that. And, um, you know, it's, it's, if it's not food, it's social media. If it's not social media, it's, it's, you know, nicotine. And if it's not nicotine, it's THC. And if it's not yeah. THC and it just kind of grows its way up and coping and it, it's a lack yeah. of coping skills in, in, and generally just like I said, like abundance, like you, um, you know, you jump on social media and it starts triggering your brain and then you need more of that to get the same effect and so on. And we just didn't, you didn't have those resources of entertainment and such, which I think is, it's kind of, I hate to say the word gateway because that's, you know, there was so much argument over that word, but it's really just, if your brain gets used to this dopamine hit from something that high, eventually it's going to fade and you need more and and it has to be managed. And so that's what I, uh, when I deal with these kids and and I run my teens and policing program, like you just have to be careful. You just have to know that you're taking care of yourself and you're not indulging this too much, right? Moderation is this huge, huge, and and to be more candid with them about moderation and just being careful, monitoring their behavior, right? And yeah, uh, the monitor though, you got to be paying attention. So right, and and it's like, hey, this is like, this is how you end up potentially, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and and hopefully, resources, uh, or rather, in general, a social, medical response or offering to these kids that um, have access to all these things that kind of um, can be used as medicine uh social media drugs or otherwise can you turn that back on honey um they instead of potentially worsening the problem with you know throwing somebody in jail uh hopefully it's there's more routes of escape as as you go on um you have a big heart kyle you 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 come to us with such a big heart and a lot of empathy and um i'm kind of grateful for that thank you well, of course, <laughs> everybody's not like you. I, I don't know if you know that, but uh, right. it's good to have some balance in the work that you do. It's funny how, you know, I know that there are times where you have to not be so nice, but your ability to have balance and bring us information with empathy is hugely important. So I want to thank you for that. 
Yeah, we've always been open to that. And I hope you'll continue to come back and visit us and, and drop some gems on the community on things they should be looking out for, events they are that are coming up and how they can be more involved, not just in the community, but in their own households. Because sometimes I think people just need a reminder, like these are things you can do to keep your kids from bringing guns to school. Or you no, might right. want to, you know, just do some things. Sometimes people just need little reminders on things that they can do to take better care of themselves, their households, and the communities um, that they live in. So thank you so much for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much. So listen, happy holidays. I said I wouldn't keep you too long. I know you're Me not feeling all that hot, but please let's um, connect again soon. And yes. tell your chief, I said, happy holidays and the department and all that good stuff. And we'll talk soon. I shall. That sounds great. Great to see you. Great to see you too, Kyle. Take it Bye. easy. Bye. All right, guys. I hope you got all that good information from our amazing officer, Kyle Lofstrom. He's pretty dope. He's been with us for a while. Now we're going to jump into a little update on our city council in Redondo Beach city council meeting. Miriam, how you doing? Hi, <clears throat> excuse me. Hi, Tanya. I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Now, good. listen, everybody can't make it to city council meetings. So we do have amazing residents like yourself that stay connected, that get updates from other city council members. Let the people know what happened at city council last night and anything that seems to be consequential that they should be paying attention to. Okay. So the major uh, talking points of last night's council meeting was number one, cannabis, namely our cannabis ordinance and how we're going to be implementing that in our city. And the other was um, the expansion of the homeless pallet shelters. And finally, regarding uh, <clears throat> an issue around street sweeping next to the high school. And all these three issues impact our, our city and our neighborhoods. So I'll first talk about the cannabis. Um, so we did have a city uh, cannabis ordinance that was passed a few years ago. And um, last night's conversation at council was regarding hiring, a, they agreed to hire a new consultant essentially to help them navigate the ordinance and identify if there are any inconsistencies around what it says in the actual ordinance versus applying it in real time. Um, if you guys remember, our city ordinance uh, has in there that, you know, we will decide what the tax will be. And also, um, it was also decided that it would be limited to, I believe, two, maybe three, but there's a limit to how many cannabis dispensaries we can have and that they cannot all be in one district. So you have to have, you know, them in different districts. All right. So they hired a consultant to help with that. Now, the other thing is they need to decide on the tax rate. They did not decide on the tax rate last night. What's interesting is starting January 1st, there's going to be um, statewide, uh, you know, uh, delivery. Of, of cannabis. So uh, if I live in Redondo and I want to order cannabis, it, I can have it delivered to my house. And that's a statewide um, thing that's been passed. But because we don't have a tax rate in Redondo, we won't be able to collect any money on that until we have our, our tax rate determined. So, um, you know, Nils Nerenheim, he wanted to focus on the retail aspect of the cannabis uh, issue. However, 
the directive is to uh, decide on a process for, you know, or, 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 that, or that tax percentage, that tax rate. So that way we can start collecting the tax on that. What happens is, is that the state, I, my understanding is that the state will um, essentially track the deliveries and then, you know, we get the tax benefit from that. So let's say we decide on a 5%, that's a huge amount of revenue for, this, for, our, for, our, for our city, especially because we need it. So more to come. <laughs> um, and then the other, so that was it on cannabis. Um, the other thing that they discussed was the expansion of the pallet shelters. So just to brief people, we have 25 pallet shelters currently in uh, Redondo Beach. They are located in District 4, um, close to the target on Kingsdale. So if you kind of know where that area is. We currently have 25 pallet shelters there. Um, historically, what happened was previous council prior to the current one, um, they had decided or there was conversations around having like six months in the north, six months in the south. And the purpose of that really was as a test of change to see how does it work if we have pallet shelters in the south? How does it work if we have it in the north? What are the issues that may come up? What are the pros? What are the cons? Is it working? Is it not working, et cetera? But then um, after that, there were some elections, et cetera, and then the current mayor and, and the council um, that was composed of Narenheim, Lowenstein, Obaji, um, Horvath, and MD, uh, they voted and they decided to put it in North Redondo in District 4. So that's where we are now. The desire is to expand to 50 pallet shelters um, because there's spaces there, um, it's a good idea, you know, we have the space, also, you have all the resources, it's already established, there's security, etc. And, you know, if, if we're going to talk the talk, we got to walk the walk, you know, um, we are very fortunate in Redondo, where we are currently at a functional zero, meaning that we do have homeless. But when we first make contact with somebody within 90 days, um, they're able to, uh, you know, um, be housed either in temporary or permanent housing. So we're doing a really good job with our homelessness. So it makes sense to expand. Um, there is a price tag attached to it of $1.5 million to do the expansion. Um, supervisor Mitchell, which is our, our supervisor for Redondo, uh, is giving our city $800,000. Um, and then HealthNet um, is contributing the rest of the money. So last night the council uh, decided that we will expand to 50 pallet shelters and because it, it, it's not going to cost us any money because it's going to be fully funded between those two between health net and the supervisor mitchell money so that's really good news uh in terms of being able to expand that and get that get that going um so that's it for pallet shelters Anything, any, 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 uh, I have one more thing to talk about, but you know. I have to have ask, uh -huh. I do actually. One is why is it taking so long to get tax? Um, the tax decided on the cannabis. Do you, do you get an update on that? And then did anyone bring up Zain Obaji and his guilty verdict on his case as expeditiously as they brought up Christian Harvath's? <laughs> and it's on the same ordinance. So I would yeah. be interested to know 
if it was brought up, how it was handled, let us know a little something. So from from what I watched and what I I now I didn't watch the whole thing. Um, I just watched kind of the important parts. It could have been that people called in about it later in the meeting, um, but from what I've seen, no one has no callers, nothing. No one's called in about it or, or anything like that. And I think it's because people know, like I know, right? Nothing's going to be done about it. So if people don't know, um, last year, you know, we had council member Christian Horvath of District 3. Um, there was a question about his residence. So essentially they had purchased a home in Torrance. He was continuing to live in the uh, garage area or some, you know, area of, of their home in Redondo, uh, in Redondo. And so that he could continue in his role as council person in the final few months of his, uh, of his term. So, you know, these people that have nothing better to do with their lives uh, found out and, you know, they had this whole witch hunt. I call it a witch hunt. They had it at 3 p.m. on a Wednesday when they knew that people were working and wouldn't be able to show up. But guess what? We did show up to speak up on behalf of Christian Horvath because he really is a voice for the North. He's always one of the people that um, on the council that would speak up for us and would um, just make sure that our rights were not violated and that our voices were heard so we like christian and because of that obviously there is a witch hunt against him and the truth of the matter is after looking at the rules and the whatever and the policy and blah 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 they had no leg to stand on to remove him from his seat and i don't even know like a hundred people a ton of people showed up and spoke up for christian and uh, a bunch of his neighbors there was one person that showed up uh that's one of his neighbors that spoke against him but he was this like disheveled looking lunatic person i have no idea but everybody else was like no he lives here we see him he helped us with this and he comes next door and he does this for us like he's just a stellar neighbor and he still lives here and we want him to continue to be our council person so make a long story short they did this whole thing to try to remove him just because of a question about his his residency right in the meantime, we have this guy in District 4. He's part of Obaji, or he's part of Brand's army. That's not my words. That is, Bill Brand has said it himself, and Obaji has said it himself. They're part of that army, right? And um, he basically <laughs> was found, you know, guilty or whatever, culpable in like 12 different things. And, you know, he's basically going to be, he's suspended from practicing law for two to three years. He wasn't disbarred, but he's been suspended. So can you imagine we have this guy, he's serving on council, he's responsible for all these things, and we still have him on council, and not one word from anybody uh, on council, like the mayor, nobody. They had this whole witch hunt against Christian, but nothing against him, and he's done something, in my idea, so in my mind, so severe. Um, that really and to be clear, removal. and mm -hmm. to be clear, it said misappropriating his client's money, it was over $500,000, correct? Exactly, exactly. Okay. I do have a comment from um, a viewer. It says, the public has no mechanism to get clarity or an explanation regarding why the D4 council seat is not vacant. The answer from the city attorney is not sufficient to explain why the judgment from the state bar of Obaji's criminal activity is not regarded as criminal because the conviction was not rendered in a criminal court. And my question would be, no, well, Christian wasn't a criminal, but they still brought it in front of the city. 
The council will not discuss this. The city attorney will repeat his answer over and over. They all, they all need to go. We need to put women in office. <laughs> I can agree. Well, and, and what's interesting is like we have Paige Kalu Derevich that's in there now. She's the council person for District 3. And when you watch these council meetings, she's the voice of reason. She's the only person that really brings up really like excellent points. And, and she just makes a ton of sense. Um, you know, back to the, when we were, when they were discussing the palace shelters, Nils Narenheim and a resident named Wayne Craig, they brought up these points like, why is our, you know, our city attorney is spending all this time, a lot of time on doing this because, you know, the whole pallet shelter thing and like the homeless court, everything, everything, that was the work of Mike Webb, our city attorney. So they were saying, why is he spending so much time on this? Um, and Paige brought up, he salaried people. He's not getting paid any extra money to do this work. He's doing his regular duties in addition to he's doing the work around the pallet shelters, which by the way, we all in Redondo Beach benefit from. Because if you didn't have a process in place like we do, if I was to find somebody, you know, in front of, in my in my driveway or on my lawn and I, I was to call the police, they would say we can't do anything about it, right? right? But because we have the pallet shelters, because we have homeless court, because we have processes, they can come make contact and help the person, right? Yes. To to get into temporary or permanent housing. This is all because of Mike Webb. And of course other folks too, but this is this is his work. This is why we have an elected city attorney. This is the benefit of Mike Webb. He is salaried. So all this extra work he does does not cost us any extra money. Right. Can you imagine if we had to hire an outside lawyer or some whatever uh, firm? They would charge what two to three hundred plus dollars an, an hour, hour. Yeah. to do this work. Okay, so we're actually saving a ton of money. And Paige was like, "What are you even talking about?" So my question <laughs> is, why would they even bring this up? I think it's because they're trying to incept the people of Redondo Beach into thinking that we're spending more money than we are because they have an interest in having taking away our rights as the residents to elect our attorney and make it appointed so they can appoint some person that god knows who they're going to appoint and mess that up our city even their, more their way Eggs, of doing business exactly so so i thought that but my point in bringing all this up was to say this happened during the council meeting over the discussions around homeless and instead of saying thank you mike webb wow, look at this great work you've done because of this. All these people are being helped. It's helped our city. Instead of that, they're like, oh, he spends a lot of time on it. Yeah, stupid. It's, it's, it's a job. lot of time. It's his, yes, and it's an important job. And if this is the only job he did, he still did more for our city than anybody else sitting up there, in my opinion. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing that oh, update. Anything else before I let you out of here? Yes. One more thing. It will take less than three minutes. So we can be done by 1245. Um, so there's this whole thing that came up regarding this, the high school and parking. Hmm. So, so um, Redondo Beach High School, you know, uh, Unified High School is a human. Redondo Union, school. yes. Redondo yes. Union, thank you. I was like, what? Redondo Union. I don't have kids in high school yet, so uh, they're still in elementary. But anyway, Redondo Union is a humongous school, and they have a parking issue. My understanding is, you know, if you want parking, a parking pass is a lottery. And those who do not get a parking pass now have to find parking. Yep. This on is the especially street. on the street. So this is especially important because I live in District Four. To get to the high school, it is it is a, is a challenge. I would if I ride my bike. First of all, if I walk, it's it's like what two three miles. It's very far, too far to walk. 
if I was to ride my bike, it's hilly. It is very difficult to ride a bike there. Um, so, it, so it's not possible to ride a bike, um, a manual. Now, you can get an e-bike, but not everybody is fortunate enough to have thousands of dollars lying around for an e-bike. So yes, there's a bus, but the bus has its challenges. So there are some people that need to drive, okay? So now a lot of the kids that are driving there are probably coming from North Redondo, I would imagine, especially District 5 even further away, right? Okay, so now on Thursdays, there's street sweeping on Diamond, and um, Diamond is one of the, you know, borders of the school, and it's on Thursdays from like 11 to 2. It's like a three-hour window. So, <clears throat> you know, there was a proposal to say, hey, Athens, you know, that's our street sweeping, et cetera, garbage pickup, et cetera, Athens, can you come... Um, at a different day at a different time so that we can park on Diamond so that all those parking spots along that whole street are open. And they said, yes, we can come Thursdays from seven to eight because I think school starts like at 820 or, or mm -hmm. later even. Yep. So we, so then that would, they would be done by eight. People can come and they can park, right? Right. The residents on Diamond are like uh, saying, no, that's too early. Um, I need to park there or I don't want to move my car by seven. And one of the people that called in actually were complaining. The question of them was asked, like, well, do you have a garage? Like, can you park your car somewhere? Yes, I have a garage, but I have a bike in there. And I don't want to have... Wow. How selfish. Very selfish. So there's a few residents that live along there that are complaining that they don't want the seven to eight. But think about, like, how much of a positive impact it would make to the students. And students are residents, too. And even if they don't vote, all of them, because they're not 18, but they will vote, and also their parents vote. Mm -hmm. And let's also not forget, I wrote some notes here down, but, you know, we, we, we get a lot of revenue from property taxes, right? Yep. Yep. And um, why do we have such high property? Why are, why are the houses? Well, it's, the houses are expensive. Property taxes are high because we have an excellent school. RBUSD is one of the best school system, school districts in like the entire state. People are paying a premium to come here. So when we're looking at it as from a tax revenue point of view, those people have a right. Those students have a right uh, for this. And really, this should be an easy pass. It should easily pass to say, sure, come from 7 to 8 and let us park here for the, for the students. Otherwise, I'll tell you, you this. Yes, this whole conversation um, has been going on for years. I don't, mm -hmm. it, it gets settled and then it gets ugly again. Um, there, mm -hmm. That's where the permit piece of it comes. So there's areas where you can't even park on the street without a permit mm -hmm. <laughs> by the high school. So I don't know if, and if you don't live there. So students that don't live near the school can't, obviously can't get a permit. So they mm -hmm. can't even park over there anyways. All that being said, this has been going on for so long. It would be great if, we had a city council majority that gave a shit about our kids. Okay. <laughs> just do that. Just do it. Like do it. So what's that? Do it. January. So, so if we care about our kids and we care about, you know, th this is something that you want to be proactive about January 16th is the next council meeting where they will be discussing this again. It's going to be critical for people to email the council in support and say, Hey, change the street sweeping time to seven to eight, open up those parking spots on Thursday, let the students park there. People need parking so that they can go to school. Let's not make it more challenging than it already needs to be. So January 16, um, and so prior to January 16, you can email 
the mayor and the council, et cetera. And, um, you know, we can, you can voice your opinion and let's support our kids. Let's, 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 let's care about our kids and, and let's tell them to vote yes on this. All right. I appreciate you sharing that. Um, thank you for your time. I know you have somewhere to go and we'll see you in the next week mm -hmm. or so to go yeah. over this all over again, because there's always something that we need to recap. A hundred percent. Thanks, Tanya. Hey, happy holidays. Happy holidays. Bye everyone. All right, you guys, I know you learned something today. So make sure you do the things, okay? If you need to get in touch with your city council about something, if you want to get in touch with RBPD and get some more information, get active in what's going on in your community. Get active, find out what's going on. Next week, we're going to be bringing you some events from um, local anchor, let you know what to, how to get your new year started. But all that being said, listen, thanks for being here. Stay connected. We will keep you updated and subscribe on Spotify and YouTube. Share this with someone that you know could use the gyms. Until next time, happy holidays. Hey, thanks for showing up to the podcast where we all know that the best leaders are lifetime learners. When you get a sec, take a moment, leave a comment. What do you think about today's episode? And share it with someone that you know could use the gems that were dropped today. Follow and subscribe. You don't want to miss who's coming up next. You never know who could show up here and what they could say. For your professional needs, marketing, PR, communications, and leadership, Make sure you follow us on all social media platforms at Sand and Shores or hit us up at sandandshores.com. Again, thanks so much for showing up. We appreciate you and we'll see you soon. Mm -hmm.